Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Shannon E., pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. And I don't have time to review everything that we've been through, but we have gone through a lot of the different ways that the devil tries to attack our lives with fear. We've talked about how in Galatians, Jesus tells us that we are not to live as slaves that we are to live the free life that he bought and paid for us to have a free life and that we are to live a free life. We have learned to understand that to live a free life, sometimes we have to fight for that freedom. So a voice of fear can arise in our life, but we have to fight against the voice of fear. We understand that there are two spiritual forces in the earth. There is faith and fear. And faith and fear are opposing spiritual forces. They stand in opposition to each other. And as a child of God, you have been given the measure of faith. So it is your choice or your responsibility to choose faith, amen? So tonight we're gonna conclude this series. The title of my lesson tonight is called Fear is a Liar. You know, when I was studying um, this week and again today, I was just thinking about Jesus, thinking about him and thinking about the fact that, you know, he had the opportunity to be placed into fear. I mean, understand that when he came to earth, he came to earth knowing why he was coming. He came to earth knowing the pain and the punishment and the process he was going to go through. And then as you study his life in the Bible, we watch him encounter opposition after opposition. We watch him encounter one interesting or difficult situation after another. So Jesus had plenty of opportunity to be fearful. And a lot of times we preach about the love of Christ and, and the love of Christ is extremely powerful and we do need to teach about it, but maybe we don't teach enough about the strength of Christ or the bravery of Christ or the fearlessness of Christ. You see, Jesus was fearless. He came to earth and he encountered things with strength and courage. And in opportunities where he could have stepped aside or, or not taken things head on, he chose instead to walk forward with courage. So I think we could describe him as fearless. There's this amazing verse in the Bible. It's Romans 8, 29. It says, for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. I'm gonna read it to you out of the Message Bible because I think it is so much easier to understand. It says, God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. You see, he decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity that he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. 
So the fearlessness of Christ or the strength and courage of Christ is the same way that we are to be. Because God created us to be like him. So tonight I'm going to walk you through some of the the common thought processes that we go through. You know, last week I started teaching you about the importance of your confession and how fear most often begins in our minds. So tonight we're going to walk through how to get our thinking right, how to have a fearless mindset. And I'm going to give you some important truths that you can not only meditate on or think about, but that you can begin to confess. Because if you weren't here last week, I don't have time to teach it. You should get the CD. But it, it is key to overcoming fear that you learn to confess God's word because it is through the confession of God's word. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So it is through the confession of the spoken word of God that you will begin to experience the manifestation of God's promises. So if you're taking notes... Number one, fear says you must be afraid, but fear is a liar, and faith shouts, God is always for you. He is on your side. Psalm 115 verse 5 and 6 says, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Many of you know that verse and you know it as Romans 8.31. You see Paul quotes that verse. If God be for us, who can be against us? One translation reads, if God be for us, no one can succeed as our enemy. I love the way that reads in the Message Bible. It says, after God made that decision of what his children should be like, Remember, we just read in verse 29 that God said that his children should be formed and created just like Christ. So after God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. And after he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had begun. So, what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? God stays with us to the end. You see, you can be fearless in the midst of chaos. You can be fearless regardless of what you encounter because God is on your side. You see, the teams have been decided and the sides have been chosen and God chose your, you. Amen. Jesus said in Hebrews 13 that he will never leave you. 
He will never forsake you. He is always with you. He is always fighting for you. Amen. First John 5, 4, you know these verses. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What does that mean? That means that the God that formed me, the God that said he will stay with me until the end, that he will gloriously complete the end, that he is always on my side and he will never leave me nor forsake me. That God that is in me is greater than anything that I might encounter. So he is most definitely greater than the seed of fear that the devil will try to plant in my life, in my mind. I remind you tonight that God is greater. He is greater than poverty. He is greater than sickness. He is greater than depression. He is greater than anxiety. He is greater than oppression. He is greater than abuse. He is greater than divorce. He is greater than loneliness. He is greater, he is greater, he is greater, and the list goes on and on. You need not fear. You can rise up as fearless because God is on your side. Amen. Number two, fear says that trouble is coming. But you see, fear is a liar. And the voice of faith shouts that God is your protection and your strength. Psalm 46 verse one says, God is our refuge and strength. That word refuge means our protection. God is our protection and strength, a very present help with trouble. You know, a lot of times we read the Psalms as some beautiful poetry. I've actually even heard people talk about the book of Psalms as being like poetry in the Bible. That the psalmist wrote, wrote them so that we could just enjoy them, that they were like songs that men were singing. That is so far from the truth. You see, the Psalms were written by men who were facing real opposition. David was fighting some really scary enemies. They were men who were having to choose faith over fear. You see, the Psalms are statements of faith. The Psalms were declarations by these men of their faith and their confidence in God. So where it says God is our refuge and our protection and our strength, he's a very present help in trouble. The psalmist was declaring by faith, even though trouble looks like it's coming my way, that trouble is a lie from the devil. And out of my faith, I declare that God is my protection and my strength. The psalmist goes on in verse two and he says, therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling, 
Therefore, we will not fear. That word therefore actually means because of this. So verse one says, God is our protection and our strength, a very present help in trouble. And because of this, we will not fear. He says, we will not fear even though the earth may be removed and the mountains may be carried into the sea and the waters may roar. I need not fear no matter how crazy this gets or how bad the trouble seems because God is my refuge. God is my protection. God is my strength. So in the midst of trouble, I can live fearless because when I choose faith, then I choose to believe that no matter what the trouble may be, God is my protection, amen? You see, when David began declaring these verses, he was declaring that he would not choose fear. He was declaring out of his mouth that instead he would choose to trust in God. And I'm sure that he was feeling afraid. I'm sure that the emotions of the trouble he was encountering were rising up inside of him. Just because he's in the Bible doesn't mean that he wasn't human. He felt the fear. But out of his mouth, he began to declare, I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. You see, you can do the same when trouble begins to come your way. You can declare, I will not fear. I am fearless because by faith, I choose to trust that God is my protection and my strength. Amen. Number three. Fear says that you have no help. But you see, fear is a liar. And faith shouts that God is your help. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What is the righteous right hand of God? It is Jesus. So it says that Jesus will uphold you. God will have Jesus uphold you. You know, I looked up the word uphold, and it's actually defined in the dictionary as support or to defend against criticism or opposition. I don't know about you, but there have been times where the voices of criticism have risen up against me and I thought, my gosh, who is gonna defend me? Who is gonna speak on my behalf? Who's gonna explain where I stand? I think that this is it. You see, sometimes when it doesn't seem like there's a way for you to be justified, when people rise up in a voice of criticism, you must remind yourself not to be afraid because Isaiah says that the righteous right hand of, G of God, which is Jesus, that he will defend you against the criticism, that he will stand against the opposition. It goes on, the definition, it says, it will keep you up 
or it will keep you from sinking. It will support you or it will lift you upward. It will raise you. I was meditating on that today. And I was thinking about how powerful, if you will choose to believe this, this can be in your life. You see, a lot of times in life, we get connected to people, whether it be in a family situation or a work situation or just by accident. We get connected to people who are going down. And I believe that in those moments, when you are standing there and it seems like there's no one to help because the person on the right and the person on the left is on a downward spiral. If you could get a mental image that God says, don't worry, they can keep pulling you down, but the righteous right hand of Jesus is going to keep raising you up. Fear not. I will help you when no one else will help you, when you can't help your yourself if you will just declare that you will trust in God the righteous right hand of Jesus will raise you up you see if you read on in Isaiah 41 it goes on to talk about how God will turn your enemies into nothing how God will silence your enemies that the ones who war against you will end up as nothing. You see, you need not fight for yourself. If you choose to trust that God is your help, he will fight for you. He will defend you. He will lift you up. And he will take care of those who rise up against you. And they will end up as nothing. Isaiah 41, 13, it says, For I, the Lord our God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. Close your eyes and imagine that God is saying that to you tonight. Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, I will help you. Help is with you. Help is in you. And help is yours if you will choose faith. Number four, fear says that there is no way out. There is no way out. But fear is a liar. You see, faith shouts that God will surely deliver you. Psalms 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. What will the Lord deliver you from? All your fears. When? When you seek him. When you seek him. It's incredible, you know, over the last four years, um, my role has changed here a little bit at church and now I do a lot of counseling. And I have people and they come in and I assume they know they're coming to get counseling at a church and they're coming to meet with a pastor. And they come in and they begin to tell me about the awful situations that they are in. And they begin to tell me about how they have sought 
counsel. They have sought help from everybody. I mean, they list this list of people, and I say, have you prayed and asked God? And you can almost tell out of embarrassment. A lot of times people shake their head and say yes, but in actuality, he's the last one that they're seeking. You see, we have to get to where that role flips. We have to get to where we remember that the number one person that we should rely on and count on is our Heavenly Father. Now I thank God that I have a lot of awesome people around me to help me and support me. But none of them can outdo what God can do for me. You see, the Bible tells me that if I will seek him, that he will deliver me. Not he might deliver me and not maybe or not I hope so. It says he will deliver me. Psalms 34, 17 says, the righteous cry out. Who are the righteous? The righteous are the children of God. Are you a child of God tonight? Amen. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears. I get asked that question a lot. You know, I just hope that God is hearing me. Do you think he hears my prayer? God hears you. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and he delivers them. You see, God will deliver his children. Amen. Number five. Fear says that you will lose, but fear is a liar and faith shouts that God has given you the victory. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just have to remind myself of that. God has given me the victory. So even when it looks like I'm losing, God has promised me Victory. Even when it looks like it's not going my way, God has already gone before me and he gives me a promise and a hope of victory. I remind you tonight that God speaks of the end from the beginning. Romans 4.17 says, Even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Why does God call those things that be not as though they were? He does this because this is how he gets them to become what he wants them to be. Remember, faith is what? It's our believing and our speaking. So even when it looks like I'm losing, I must call those things that be not as though they are. I must speak to the victory even though it doesn't look like it. In Joshua, in the book of Joshua, God tells Joshua that he has given him the victory before Joshua even heads into battle. He's not even down there. And to be honest with you, as you study it out, the circumstances look like if you're picking sides, you shouldn't pick Joshua's. It doesn't look too promising, but God tells Joshua, you've got this. You've got the, the victory. Don't worry. And Joshua isn't even at the battle. Why? Because God believed and he knew 
that if he called it a victory, if he called those things that be not as though they were, then the victory would surely come. You see, when you choose faith instead of fear, then faith speaks victory. It is a language of victory. It means that I don't speak the circumstances that I see around me. Instead, I choose to speak the victory that is in God's word. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have been given the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We believe and therefore we speak. We believe and therefore we speak. We believe that God is for us. We believe that he will help us. We believe that he will deliver us. We believe that 1 John 5, 4 says, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even my faith, even my believing and speaking, even my calling those things that be not as though they were, this is the the voice of faith instead of fear. You see, the same power that God proved could overcome the world is in you because he formed you and fashioned you in the same way that he did his son. Number six, fear says that God will punish you, that he will test you and try you, but fear is a liar. You see, faith says that God delights in giving you his kingdom. Luke 12, 32 says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. You see, God delights in giving to you. God delights in giving to you. He delights in your success. He delights in your prosperity. He delights in your wealth. And the devil uses a misinterpretation of scripture to allow fear to stand in opposition of faith, to get people to wrongly believe that God will use things to teach you, that God will allow you to suffer, that he is testing and trying you. And we don't have time to teach that whole sermon tonight, but I will remind you that James 1.13 says, let no man say when he is tempted or tested or tried that I am tempted or tested or tried by God, for God cannot be tempted, tested, or tried with evil. Neither does he tempt, test, or try any man. You see, the bottom line is this. Good stuff comes from God and bad stuff comes from the devil. So faith chooses the good stuff and fear chooses the bad stuff. And I remind you again that the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Psalm 35, 27 says, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. 
He is a good God who gives you good things. Number seven, fear says that your mistakes and your issues and your sin will separate you from God. But fear is a liar and the voice of faith shouts that nothing can separate you from God. Romans 8, verse 35 and 36 in the Message Bible says, do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and God's love for us? It says there is no way, not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying, not threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in the Bible. You see, the voice of fear is a voice of guilt and condemnation. It rises up on the inside of you to try to convince you that you have put a wedge between you and God. But Romans 8 tells us that nothing, not even the worst sins in the Bible can separate you from God. No matter how bad it is, no matter how bad what you're doing is, God is still with you. He still loves you. He is still for you. Amen. I, I, you know, I love what it says when you keep reading. You see, in verse 37, it says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And then it goes on to say, for I am persuaded I am persuaded. This is powerful. You see, you don't get persuaded from hearing something one time. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing. So when the voice of fear begins to rise, you must hear and hear. You will be persuaded when you hear and meditate on the word all the time. You must build persuasion down into your heart. Because if you don't, the voice of fear will go unchallenged. Number eight, we're almost done. Fear says that lack and not having enough is your way of life. But fear is a liar and faith shouts that God is our bread provider. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That term right there that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, another name when you study that out for Lord Jesus is that he is your bread provider. I don't know about you, but I'm going to start confessing that God is my bread provider. You see, he is your source of supply. In Philippians 4.19, it says, my God will supply all, not some, all, not some, all, not some, all, not some. My God, my bread provider will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Amen. Number nine, the voice of fear says that sickness and disease will rob you of life. 
but fear is a liar. And the voice of faith shouts that on the cross, Jesus bore your sicknesses. He carried your diseases and by his stripes, you are healed. Amen. Look, if you hear this tonight, then listen to my voice. You see, think about it. God did not spend all of this time forming and developing you and moving your life forward so that it could be robbed or cut short by a sickness or illness. You see, God did not invest in you. He did not place talents and abilities in you so that your life could be stopped, so that you could be stopped by sickness and disease from becoming who he created you to be. I would say to you during this Holy Week that God did not send his son to be on the cross, to be beaten and bruised, to face death, hell, and the grave, to take on all of the sickness and disease and sin of all of mankind so that he could do it in a halfway job. When Jesus went to the cross, he became the once and for all. He did it 100%. He bore all of your sicknesses. He bore all of your diseases. He bore all of your sicknesses, all of your diseases. So whatever it is that is attacking your body is not stronger than what Jesus did on the cross. Get a revelation of that tonight. Fear tells you, but the manifestation, the circumstances are here. But the voice of faith says, I need not fear because those, those symptoms are temporary. The voice of faith says, Jesus bore my my sicknesses. He carried my diseases and by his stripes, I will be healed. You see the voice of faith, the voice of faith declares Psalm 91 verse 15. It says, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Message Bible says, I'll rescue you. I'll rescue you and then I'll throw you a party. I'll give you a long life. I'll give you a long drink of salvation. Let's get ready for a party, amen? And last but not least, fear says that the world is a crazy mess. And so your life is a crazy mess. But fear is a liar, and the voice of faith shouts that you may be in the world, but you are most definitely not of the world. You see, if the world says you're going under, the voice of faith says, I'm not going under. If the world says that everything is chaos, the voice of faith shouts, my life is orderly. If the world says that you can't get approved, that you can't get a promotion, that you can't get the financing you need, the voice of faith says, oh yes, I can. Why? 
because just because I'm in the world doesn't mean that I'm not still a child of God, doesn't mean that I'm not still formed and fashioned into the likeness of Jesus Christ. So the crazy mess of the world can do whatever it wants, but I may be in the world, but I'm not of the world because Jesus Christ is inside me and I can be fearless. You see, you live under the laws of God's kingdom. You don't live under the system of this world. What is going on the wor in the world is of no issue to you. Psalms 23, verse 4. I'll close with this. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. You may be in it, but you are not of it. God's word and God's, what God says about you and who God says you are to be must be the final authority. Amen. Did you learn some things tonight? Would you stand with me? Let me just pray over you before we go. Father, tonight I just thank you for these incredible people who are here. I thank you, Father, that they are reminded and encouraged that no matter what surrounds them, no matter what they may face, no matter what the circumstances may be, that the God that is inside of them and the measure of faith that is inside of them is stronger and more powerful, that they have been given the victory, that they can rise up against fear and that they can choose faith. Father, tonight I declare over each one of these people that as they go forward, they are blessed coming in and blessed going out. They are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I declare that everything that they set their hand to do shall prosper in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that they walk in your divine favor, that you go before them, you prepare the way for them, you open doors for them, and that your supernatural grace is all over everything that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.